You are listening to Mystery Media Group. Yay! I'm here to tell you a true story that'll make your blood boil. Listener discretion is advised. Please keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Hi, I'm Cozy, and you're listening to Not So Cozy Crimes. Today I want to tell you a story, and it's a little different than how I usually tell you. Normally I find a true crime story that interests me, and then I do some research, and then I type myself a script and I just read from that script, but today I'm just going to tell you more of a story without the script, and hopefully you guys like that better. You guys can let me know which way you like it. This story is something that I originally heard from Crime Junkies. And then I heard it again on the Something Could Be Wrong podcast. If you're not familiar with either of those, Crime Junkies is just one of my favorite crime podcasts. They just talk about true crime. And then Something Could Be Wrong is also crime, but it's more like the psychology behind the crimes. They are both very good and you should check them out. Today I'm going to tell you the story that we call Fireball Operation. And it's about a girl named Jez. In 2013, Jez, who is in her mid-twenties, moved to Colorado to a small suburb outside of Denver. This place outside of Denver was about 30 minutes, and she was brand new to town, she didn't know anybody, and like anybody in their 20s, she reached to the internet to meet new people. Now, keep in mind that Tinder just barely had launched in 2012, and so it's not the Tinder that we know today. So she reached out to different dating websites and the one that she made an account on was called Plenty of Fish. And on this account, it's one of those where it tells you if somebody's online at the time or if they're offline. And somebody that she saw in her area named Jordan was online and he was super cute, you know, athletic, hazel eyes, olive skin, just a beautiful guy all around. So she decided she was going to message him and they started messaging each other back and forth, like small talk, getting to know each other. And they really hit it off. And within an hour of chatting with Jordan, he goes, do you want to meet up for dinner and drinks? And of course, Jez is like, yeah, of course. Like, that's the whole reason I got on here is to make some friends, to hang out with people. So they exchange numbers and Jordan says, hey, let's go to my favorite bar and dinner place. It's called Old Chicago and it's in downtown Denver. So they do. Jez decides beforehand that she wants to drive herself, which is the best choice she could have made to have her own transportation. All good crime junkies know not to have a stranger pick you up at your house, right? Anyways, so then she's like, perfect, I'll meet you there. Um, She's very happy he chose a public location rather than somewhere private. And later that evening, she leaves to go to dinner with Jordan. And right as she gets to the old Chicago, she gets a text from Jordan It says, stuck in traffic, go ahead and grab us two fireball shots, grab a table, and I'll meet you there. I'll know it's you because you'll have the two fireball shots. And she thinks, you know, no problem. You know, he's stuck in traffic. No worries. I will grab those two shots. I'm not the type of girl who usually does shots on a first date, but it'll ease the nerve, you know? So she grabs those two shots and she sits down at the bar. And I don't know if you guys know what old Chicago looks like. I don't know exactly what the one in Denver looks like. But the one we have here where I live, it's a bar and a restaurant. The bar is more to the side, but it overlooks all the other tables and you can see all the tables and the front door from the bar. 
So I'm assuming she just took a seat at the bar so she can watch for him coming in or out and hopefully know who he was based off his pictures is what I'm assuming. But she takes a seat at the bar, orders those shots, and just kind of sits there and waits. And as she's waiting, a random guy comes and sits about a chair or two away from her. Not too close, but close enough that he was trying to make small talk with her. And he's probably just assuming that she's there alone, you know, trying to make friends or whatever. And she's trying to be nice and makes the small talk with her. And she gets another text with more excuses and more apologies from Jordan. And at this time, she's kind of irritated, but whatever. The bartender realizes that it's been a while. He comes over and he offers to put the shots into the fridge until her date arrives because that's how long she had been waiting there. And she's like, no, he'll be here anytime. No worries. I'll just keep the shots here. That way he knows who I am when he gets here. Uh, more time goes by and then the waitress comes over and, you know, keeps checking on her like, do you need anything? Do you want to order anything? And to begin with, this is kind of weird because normally when you're sitting at the bar, you don't have a waitress checking on you every so often. It's usually just the bartender. Um, maybe that's just me, but I found that a little strange that the waitress kept checking on her. Who knows? But it all makes sense here in a second. So after the waitress checks in on her, she gets another text from Jordan. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry. I've been pulled over. Be there soon. And, you know, any girl at this point would be really irritated. And she's like, "Okay, well, what now? Like, I don't know where he lives, but when I was driving here, there wasn't any traffic. And now he's saying he was in traffic and then now he's pulled over. Like she starts to think to herself, like, great, I'm getting stood up, you know, fabulous. Right. But, you know, she's not too mad. She's only known this guy today. <laughs> like, she just met him, doesn't really know him personally, no hard feelings, but she is kind of irritated. So she's like, I'm going to go ahead and give Jordan a call, see what's up, because I'm annoyed at this point. So she types in the number and it's not a working number. The number that she had been texting Jordan on is not a working number. That in itself is crazy, right? So at this point, she's like, okay, well, that's weird. And she's pretty, pretty annoyed. And the stranger that came and sat by her earlier can kind of tell and what had happened. And he goes, you know, I'm really sorry about what happened, but Hey, let's get a table. I'll buy you dinner. Like make this night something fun since you're planning on doing something fun. And obviously it's not working out. Like just let me buy you dinner. And after what had just happened, Jez was like, you know, that sounds awesome. But you know, I just, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna kindly decline. I don't, I don't really want to have dinner with anybody right now. I'm just kind of in a bad mood. I'm just going to sit here and buy my own dinner. I mean, I drove 30 minutes, so I might as well get my own food, uh, try out this new restaurant, and just kind of be by myself. He's like, yeah, 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 I understand, but can I at least come sit next to you? We can chat a little bit. And she's like, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm here to make friends. So what's the harm in chatting with you while I eat my dinner? And he comes and sits next to her and she goes, hey, you know, I've been here for almost an hour. Do you mind watching my purse and my coat? I'm going to run to the restroom really quick. And the stranger says, yeah, of course, no problem. And as she's going into the bathroom, before she even gets to the stall, that same waitress that had been checking on her before busts in the door and says, I need to talk to you. And Jez is confused and, you know, like, what do you mean? What do you need to talk to me about? And she's like, the guy, I need to talk to you about that guy. And Jez is like, no, like that guy stood me up. Like I'm already in a bad mood about it. Let's just drop it. I don't want to talk about it. You know, there's nothing to be talked about. And she's like, no, 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 no. Not the one that stood you up, the one sitting next to you now. Automatically, Jez's stomach sank and she knew something was terribly wrong. And the waitress goes on to say, you know, I know this sounds crazy, but that guy got you here. He wanted you to be sitting at that bar. He knew you were going to be here. And 
Jez, you know, snaps back with like the comment of, no, 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 I just met him. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, we just met each other. I've never seen this guy before. What do you mean? And the waitress goes on to say for a while now, she and the bartender have seen the same thing. Same story, same guy. A girl will come in, order two fireball shots, sit there, she'll get stood up, he'll swoop in, buy her dinner, make her feel better, and they always end up leaving together. And the girls are always extra intoxicated, more than what they should be with the drinks that we had served them. And he always pays in cash, so we have no idea what his name is or what or what he claims his name to be. And we've never been able to get the girl alone to warn her, but here you are in the bathroom. I had to come tell you. This is why I kept checking on you at the bar. Like, I was trying to get your attention without him noticing, and it was perfect that you came into the bathroom. And of course, Jez's stomach sinks again, and she's like, well, what do I do now? Like, my, my purse is out there. I mean, my ID's in my bag. He'll know my full name, my address. Like, who knows? He could have gone through anything. Like, she's really nervous, but then she's like, you know, I can't let him know that I know. I'm just going to go back out there, you know. I'm not going to act scared. I'm going to act like I didn't know anything about it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to eat a meal, pay for my own meal, and I'll just wait it out. And, you know, hopefully he'll leave. And she gets out there, and she's sitting at the bar next to the stranger, still making small talk. And she's trying to piece it together because she doesn't remember him texting anybody or like texting her. If he was, he must have been like down by his side. Like she's thinking to herself, why didn't this guy just use his own pictures and his real name? Like he's a really nice guy, like good looking dude. I would have also talked to him if he used his real name and trying to figure it all out. And as she's sitting there, she looks and sees that her drink that had been sitting there alone with this guy is still sitting on the counter. And she's like, yeah, there's no way in hell I'm going to drink it now. Like, who knows what if he could have put something in there. So she's like, I'm just going to order an iced tea so I can drive myself home. And as she's ordering the iced tea, the stranger gets kind of irritated and's like, no, 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 go ahead and drink your drink. Let me just buy you dinner. Like, why won't you let me buy you dinner? And at this point, she's trying to be polite, but she's like, no, 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 just stop. Just you're bothering me. I don't want you to buy me dinner. Just please kind of leave me alone, but in a nice way. And she's thinking to herself, this is just, this is so awkward. This is so scary. I'm just going to hurry and eat my food when it gets here. And I'm just going to sit here and hopefully he leaves. And hopefully he realizes that this is not going to go anywhere. And of course, <laughs> the stranger is still there and he keeps nagging her. Once he realizes that Jez is not going to eat dinner with him and that she's going to buy her own drinks and dinner, then he starts making these like different suggestions. Like, hey, like I know this great place. We can go get martinis. Like, it'll be really fun. Come on, let's just go. Like, you're already out. Let's just go have fun. Come on. And she keeps saying, no, no, no. Like, I'm okay. Thank you, though. And doesn't give up. And she just keeps telling him, no, thank you. And at this point, she's kind of like getting irritated. And she's like, what can I do to like make this guy realize I'm not freaking going with him? And she's like, I'm going to make up a friend. So she pulls out her phone, pretends to text somebody, kind of sits around and waits. And then she goes, oh, hey, look, you know, my friend, she just texted me. We're actually going to go downtown. We're going to go dancing we're gonna go have fun we're gonna meet up like this wasn't a bust after all like thank you for trying to be nice and fix my issues after my date stood me up but like no worries i'm gonna go have fun with my friend thanks again and then he acts like he doesn't know that she's lying you know and then he goes you know well great um there will be three of us then like why don't me and you go get these martinis that i'm telling you about and your friend can meet us there like me and you can go do something and meet up with your friend later like we can all ha all hang out together and at this point, she's like, okay, any normal person would be really irritated. Like, this is, this, at this point, it's harassment. And she goes, dude, I am not going with you. I don't know what you want me to say, but I don't, I don't get 
why you don't understand that no means no. And of course, he gets upset at her because he's been nagging her this whole time. And he tries one more time. And this time he's not asking her to go. He's like telling her, we're going to get martinis. Your friend can meet up with us later. And she just looks at him and goes, I am not going with you. And just stares at him for a few minutes almost is what she said it seemed like. And he's pissed off. He throws his napkin down at the bar and he goes, you know, fine, whatever, and walks out. And even though she's relieved, she's like, okay, well, I don't want to go out to my car now because he's probably just waiting for me. And the server that had warned her and the bartender go over to check on her. They're all trying to piece things together. They're talking about how many times they've seen this happen before. And the bartender goes, you know, whenever you're ready, I'll walk you to your car, but you're welcome to stay as long as you want. Like, can I get you anything? And Jez actually ends up staying there for almost four hours before she is okay going out to her car. And the bartender does walk her out to the car, as a nice guy he is. And she makes it home safely, which is amazing. And she's like, you know, I kind of want to get on to that plenty of fish and see if his profile is still up. And she gets on and it is not there. The conversations are gone. His profile is completely gone. Pictures, everything gone. And she's like, okay, I, I can't call 911. There's no crime or anything, but I feel like I need to tell somebody. So she calls the non-emergency line to the local police department and just kind of tells them what had happened. And again, the police are like, yeah, there's no crime, but we're glad you let us know. We'll keep an eye on things. If we hear the same story, we will contact you. Thanks for letting us know. But at this time, we really can't do anything as we don't even know his name or anything, right? That's kind of where our story ends. But I don't know exactly what would happen to her, but I definitely think this was some sort of trafficking. You know, was it two different people? Was somebody texting her while the stranger went in? Was a stranger just texting her and she just wasn't realizing it? Was there multiple people involved? Like, I just wonder what would have happened if the waitress and the bartender didn't say anything or reach out to her. In one of the episodes of Crime Junkie, there's an FBI agent. Her name is Ann Dar. She's an FBI victim specialist, and she works with people who have been rescued from human trafficking and have been victims of online crimes that involve luring tactics. I'm going to insert a clip of her talking from that Crime Junkie episode. And if I leave anything with you today, I just want you to know that you need to be careful. You need to have your guard up. And most importantly, if you see something suspicious, say something. Well, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? You could save a life. If you see something, say something. She already had a lot of red flags that kind of sent up her spidey sense. And so that was great for her to be aware of that. And then the person that was trying to kind of conversate with her next to her, uh, knowing to kind of have her guard up, that was really really good because again you never know maybe that person was trying to exploit that vulnerability of being new in town not knowing the area and then trying to lure her away from the bar for again we don't know was it going to be a sexual assault situation a carjacking situation a recruitment in the human trafficking situation it could have been any of those different things and so it was so great for that intervention to take place so that way she didn't uh, become a victim I give, you know, major mad props to the bartender and the waitress in that scenario for warning her because, again, you don't know what was going to happen next. This is a production of Mystery Media Group. Yay!